Blog Talk Radio. So, uh, you know, they reunited the Shield on WWE, 
and um, it's like everything that I read about the show um, about Raw lately has been the basically that almost nothing is working except for the women and sometimes the shield stuff, but the the rest of the show is regarded as not being very good. Now there there's exceptions to that. There's like the Undertaker Shawn Michaels segment and things like yeah. that, but it's just it just feels like a very strange time in the WWE right now, especially in light of the fact that, you know, Ring of Honor, particularly the I, I guess more more credit goes to sort of Cody Rhodes and um the Young Bucks, but that show was seen as sort of like a home run out of the park success. Where do you see wrestling right now, particularly the WWE and their sort of placement in the wrestling world? It's just a very interesting time to me. Well, so as we've talked about a number of times, they're making money hand over fist to where the creative is secondary. Um, I don't find it very interesting to watch except for the things you just mentioned. The things that are working is what I notice is working uh, on raw and not much else really, um, not much else really is. So I think that definitely their thought, their thunder has been stolen by um, all in and other things going on in the wrestling world. Certainly for me that, that I find more interesting than watching anything on WWE. I still enjoy NXT, but the the uh, Monday night and Tuesday night shows, uh, you know, I'll kind of have them on in the background, but I'm I'm not paying like much attention to them. I can't say so. I'm I'm really not can give you a whole lot of intelligent uh, answer about this because I don't pay real close attention to the shows. They don't interest me that much. Yeah, um, you know, in in Georgia wrestling, this is normally a time of the year where there is kind of a lot going on. A lot of people doing really big shows around this time. What are what are the things that you're looking forward to until the end of the year? Larry, can you believe that we're three months out until the end of the year already? It's pretty incredible. Not really. Well, I, of course, I always look forward to Fright Night. You know, yeah. that was the first big show I ever went to in Cornelian back in 1999, and I think I might have missed a couple during all the years. So I always look forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to Southern Fry just basically, can they keep this momentum going? Because they're on an unbelievable hot streak. 368, I think it was, or 380-something at the last show. Um, mm-hmm. that, that promotion is just on fire right now. Um, I'm curious, can um, Shane Knowles weather the storm at Peach State? Um, they can't get a date. Uh, they can't get a Saturday night date in the building until November. They're having to run oh, wow. Thursday night. They're having to run Thursday night shows. Uh, September. What is that going to be? The twentieth, and then they got two in October. So that's certainly not going to be fun for them to run on Thursdays in there. I can't. I can't see them doing well with that. Um, I'm curious. I don't know if you've seen the uh, AWE has put out quite a number of announcements of late about the plans they have in the works, uh, including a, a season ticket plan for $200. Oh yes. So $200, you can go to basically, what is their, they run, they don't, they don't run quote unquote year wide. So they run what, like 10 months out of the year. So is that $200? Yeah, so that $200 would be for basically 10 months worth of shows. That's exactly what they're doing. It's a 10-month season kicking off, and uh, it's $200 for the 10-month season, or 
uh, payments of $23 a month. Now, of course, you know that last year they would they didn't run enough shows to justify a $200 season ticket. They got to run a lot more shows. They've they've also announced a 64 match, 16 man round robin tournament called Be the Man to be the man that's going to be running over the course of all these shows. Oh my God. Um, they're, they're running a um, Mexican venue in Norcross on a Thursday night. Um, coming up here in a few weeks, I believe over on Beaver Rune road. And that show is going to be their first attempt at a, it's going to be for season ticket holders only can get in supposedly. So okay. what do you think about all that? <laughs> well, uh, so is is Wheeler's not running that thing anymore, right? He bowed out. So um, so who? It, as the storyline goes, Josh Wheeler has um, is no longer part of the company. That's how the storyline goes, and that Murder One is in charge of all the business aspects of the company at this point in town. Oh my God! I mean, I mean, because this, these ideas. I mean, pardon my French, but they just fucking reek of some wrestling internet fans' ideas without a check or balance on any of it. That's, the, I mean, that's what it just reads like to me. That some wrestling fan has sort of come up with these schemes and ideas, and they're just going with it. I, I can't imagine. I mean, Larry, can you imagine a show for season ticket holders only that that holds up in the least? I can't imagine there being 20 people at that show then, right? Well, on a Thursday night at Norcross, it would seem to be a tough one to make it work. Um, and, and there's more, but wait, there's more. They've officially oh. uh, take they've officially absorbed UIW. So oh, wow. they will be running a West Georgia branch of UI, of um, AWE, a more family-friendly show, in uh, the Villarick and Carrollton area. Date and uh, venue to be announced. Wow. I, so, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I guess it's just a wait-and-see thing. I, it just doesn't seem... It seemed like UIW was just reaching the point where it was doing pretty good again. I don't imagine that an AWE brand, but then again, if you know the joke, the running joke for two years was UIW. Everybody called it AWE, Phil <laughs> or whatever. So yeah. I get. I guess that should be all right. I, I, I guess it depends on are Stan and Billy involved with it anymore i don't i have um, no idea so i've heard a couple things i've heard they were they were yeah. they were done at the end of the year i've also heard that they will of course will be involved as you know helping out with with the rebranded promotion but um I'm, I'm i have really need to follow up and get more clarity on what their roles will be if any in that um you know, and of course, the other thing that interests me, getting back to the topic you brought up of what, what's going as far as what I'm looking forward to, we've got these two huge events in Rome on the 22nd, the Superstars of Wrestling in October, I believe it's the 13th, 
the Arn Anderson show that GPW is putting on. Wow. Oof. So, so yeah, much. Is, yeah, we got some stuff going on stuff for sure. Happening. Um, you know, uh, I'm sh- Hankins is going to call in in a little bit. Uh, Larry, just out of curiosity, what was your um, when I when I told you that you know uh, Sacred Ground Final Chapter is happening? What's the first thing that went through your mind? Um. Well, I felt sad on a feeling level, but as far as through my mind, I thought, well, I, I guess it probably was going to come since uh, PCW didn't hasn't and doesn't have a building to run in on a regular basis, and may as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, it, people probably think I'm I'm far more in the loop on this than I actually am. I, I you know, I was um, surprised as well. I'll be curious again. I, I can't wait to talk to Hankins to find out sort of what the thinking was, um, you know, what, where they're going to go with it in this show and what they hope to sort of like wrap up. Um, people in Porterdale, um, I, you know, they're going to turn out for it. Um, I'm just curious to hear what his thoughts are. It did get me thinking. I was, I was thinking about um, all of the things that have happened at the sacred grounds. It's going to be fun to sort of chop it up with you and Hankins and sort of, uh, you know, all of our impressions and, and different memories about it. You were, you've, you've been at every sacred ground, right, Larry? I think, yes. yeah. And, and Hankins has been, Hankins strangely was going to go to the first one as a fan, but opted out of it. So sacred ground two was his, one of his first PCW shows. Ah, so, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, I'll have a number of, when we're talking to Hankins, I'll have a number of interesting sort of little factoids to bust out. And um, it is it is amazing to think about the sort of, the, just from the outside talent perspective of who's done Sacred Grounds, you know, whether it's like Samoa Joe, like people that you look at now, and it, it seems almost surreal that these people did that that show you know like yes even guys like jay jay lethal or samoa joe i think about that now you know and just go wow that's that's pretty nice (laughs) that we we brought those guys in that's definitely one of the things i thought about is the the people you brought in particularly for the first one but then on through the years too the various people that worked in these in the the kind of in the, that of course that was not a small venue, but generally the small venues that that you ran in and the, and the talent you were able to bring in. Before just before I bring Matt on, what was your thought when you heard it was going to be the end? Um, I I guess my immediate thought was um, I was sad, not surprised, but definitely sad in the sense that um, I. I you know, PCW was was clearly my thing for years and years. And um, though it was designed to end, um, when I when we came up with the name for Sacred Ground, one I I just loved it. You know, we went through a process of finding the the best name for a show, something that you could really sort of brand, and everyone would associate with PCW. It's going to be our only big show of the year, Sacred Ground. And then instead of just Sacred Ground and then Sacred Ground 2 and Sacred Ground 3, I just I think that that's 
kind of tacky. And I thought of the, the chapter concept, and I was so happy. But the, with the design that it was going to end, one of, one of my theories about entertainment in general is things that are designed to run in perpetuity generally don't age well. You know, we, we look at a series like The Walking Dead. Of course that thing is going to get shitty. You can't just, I mean, how many times can you tell the same story? And, and wrestling, particularly in the WWE, suffers from that. How many variations on a storyline can you run when there's so much programming on television? When wrestling, when WWE has how many hours of original programming a week, of course it's going to feel stale. Of course it's going to feel tired. Of course you're going to make comparisons to the older shows that invariably it's just not going to be as strong. And so it's good that it's ending. Um, I'm glad there's a final chapter, but my, my very first depression was definitely like, damn, like it's, it's so tough that it has to end. But again, you know, I think Hankins will have an interesting take on it. Um, It would probably shock people to know that, legitimately I I've been sort of hands off with PCW for quite some time, like years really. And it really has been Hankins to do. And, and it was sort of not that he needed my permission, but I definitely gave him carte blanche. You know, this is your thing, do what you want with it. And he really has. And so I'm curious what he's got in store for uh, sacred ground, the final chapter. Well, why don't we hear from the man himself? Yes, sir. Joining us now, the host of GWH Radio's Wrestleman Show, uh, also known as Matthew Hankins at Anarchy Wrestling. And at PCW, he's good old Matt Hankins. Welcome to the Tipping Point. And ladies and gentlemen, we got a uh, super show on stock for you. It's Wrestleman. Wait a minute, what are you guys doing on here? (laughs) I was calling and doing my show. What the hell's happening? What are you two bozos doing on here? <laughs> this is a hot show. We got a hot show here. <laughs> Nobody on this show is drunk and rambling. There's no random. Nobody's breaking into fight songs. What is this? And and we're going to try to keep the William Huckabee mentions down to lesson three. <laughs> <laughs> That son of a bitch made twenty dollars selling chops at the last syndicate show. Did he really? Yes. Carney is all hell. <laughs> <laughs> so Hankins, how you doing? <laughs> you doing good? I'm all right, boys. I'm all right. I'm out here on my lanai. I got a beer and a ciggy bug. I mean, this is my natural element. <laughs> <laughs> so so Sacred Ground final chapter. Uh, just give us a little insight on um, what the impetus was for it to be Sacred Ground, the final chapter. What, what, was, the, what was the decision-making process for you like? Um, why did you want this to be the last one? And what exactly does that mean? It was tough. That's the first thing. It was very hard to even I, – I, I, I struggled with that decision up until the moment I put that poster on Facebook. I didn't tell a lot of people, um, and that, that that rankled some hires, as it were, but I honestly didn't know until the moment I hit post on that poster. Um, I, I, life gets in the way. That's that's the real deal here. You know, we've been struggling with this building stuff. 
I've got stuff going on. Tim, who has been a uh, the, the best partner anybody could ask for, has gone yeah. above and beyond. He's got things going on. And ultimately what it came down to was I didn't want to mislead the boys, and I didn't want to mislead that town, all of whom have been so good to me personally and to us as a larger entity. And I just didn't have it in me to to not be able to give them concrete answers anymore. And if it had to end, I wanted it to end on my terms and end in a way that I thought would be fitting. And I knew what I had in mind. I knew what I could come up with for this show. And I said, if it has to go out, let's walk out of here. I don't want to limp out. I don't want to rampage this shit. That's what I'm really saying. I want to oh, go yeah. out on our. I want to. I want to come home on our shield. Um, and and that's when it. That's when it came down to the final moments because I had thought about it. You know, Steve and I had talked. To, he was talking earlier about you know the concept of sacred ground. Sacred ground was always going to end at some point. And we talked about trying to get to ten because that's just a nice round number. But you know, nine is it's just an arbitrary place that you pick. Um, and I knew I wanted to do another show this year, and I knew it was getting toward fall. And Sacred Ground is something that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and I wanted to – I wanted Sacred – if we're going out, Sacred Ground is definitely going to be it. So it, it was just a hard decision to come to, but I thought for um, for what this company has done, what this company has achieved, it had to end right here because otherwise – I couldn't put a I couldn't put my thumb on what would happen, so I would rather control the narrative than have the narrative control me. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So uh, the the card, um, I'm sure wrestlers, um, particularly, uh, you know, who there's got to be a number of wrestlers that have sort of contacted you either because they've never been on a sacred ground and they want to be on one, or they've been on it before, maybe years ago, and they want to be on this yeah. one in particular. Yep. So are there, uh, I mean, without giving away, I mean, I know you probably have some surprises definitely in store on that show, but who, who, what's an example of a couple of people who have sort of contacted you about being part of Sacred Ground that maybe haven't done a PCW show in quite some time or ever? The aforementioned William Huckabee was one of the first people <laughs> to, to make it known that he wanted to be a part of it. Um, Velvet Jones was, even before he knew it was the final, He, you know, Velvet hadn't done anything in a long time, but he wanted to do something at Sacred Ground. Um, and the rest oh, of them cool. are surprises um, that I'm, A, I don't know if I can trust them. Um, B, <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts. Um, but I've got I've got some definite things up my sleeve. Um, and that, that really had a lot to do with saying this was the final. It's like, man, I think I can pull off a hell of a show, and I can do it. My goal for Sacred Ground has always been, and I say this, you know, a lot of times in the in the build-up in my talk to the guys before, look around this room. Every year there is less and less guys who have never worked the show there before, meaning we're not bringing in dudes just to bring in dudes. And I'm not saying that that's a right. bad thing. I'm just saying that Sacred Ground 1 had to be lined oh, up yeah. the way that it was. There's just no – other way around it. You had to go into you I don't know how you kept both arms to get that show mm. paid for. I honestly don't know. I don't <laughs> ask those questions because I don't want to know. Um but I I have a goal of doing a show that there are literally 
Nobody, you know, maybe somebody comes in who's never worked in there in the battle role or something, but there's no singles match on this show that doesn't feature people who have already done it. We go yeah. out, we we started, we built it, we built it, we built it, and we got to a place where we can have a legitimate sacred ground that feels like sacred ground with just our guys. And I think I'm going to accomplish that this year. Nice. Um, Larry, I have a strange question for you. So, so because we're Hankins, we we're talking earlier that Larry was at that first sacred ground, and um, I, I remember reading your your take on that show, Larry. Um, did you ever think that PCW was going to make it to what, in essence, nine sacred grounds <laughs> when you watched the first one? And you, Steve, you know, I, just, I, I think you know the answer to that question. With all the money that was spent on that show and the way I. I I didn't think there'd be a sacred ground too, much less not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I was thinking about that for Hankins. Your first sacred ground that you watched was the second one, right in the uh, in the That's church. Right. I had a ticket for sacred ground one. I want to point that out. I was financially invested. I had I went to buy a car that day because I had my my other one had put me down. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I'll go buy a car, then we'll run to the Kennesaw. Bing, bada, boom. That took forever, and so by the time um, I got done with that, I didn't have time to get there. Plus, the tide was rolling, and you know that I got to, yeah. you know, I had to shepherd my boys through a tough game against Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but but I was I was slated. That was going to be the first PCW show I ever went to was that one, and I think I wound up going to Academy um, the following show. So I, I, mm-hmm. I just missed it. And I've never forgotten that. It's always bothered me that I didn't go to that show. <laughs> I was um, this, this. I don't know if this is a commonly known thing. My first contact with Matt Hankins was we did a show at the Masquerade. I think this is right. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. It so is. You, I know. We, we did yes, a show. We did a show at the Masquerade, Larry. And I don't know if you remember this one. I, the main event was a cage match, and at the conclusion of that cage match. Guys from MGCW, which would become NWA Atlanta, but at the time it was MGCW, um, kind of invaded, beat the crap out of the PCW guys, and then cut the promo. And Hankins messaged me on Facebook and just went, I can't believe, like, I I would care so much about a wrestling show again. He was just like, I was actually mad that they were like, they're, they're attacking my promotion that you felt that invested as a fan. And I remember thinking like, Oh, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad we're doing some good. stuff." <laughs> <laughs> so, so my, my daughter yeah. was four at the time we were going to those shows. And you know, like this, this thing, man is so much, I did not have a dream of running a wrestling promotion. That's not, I love wrestling. I have all my life, but I never, I was never looking to get into this. But PCW was the first thing that I gave a shit about because, and it was so. There were so many. There's so many things that that make it important. I had just moved to Georgia. I didn't know a soul in this state. It was me, my wife, and my daughter, and that's all we had here. Um, and I Google independent wrestling in Atlanta. I find this website, and I'm going through the roster, and there's Rachel Tension and Dwight Power. I'm like, this is a thing I'd go to. Um, and so I start taking my daughter to this thing every Friday night. And, you know, she falls in love with it. And I, I distinctly remember that night of of that MGCW invasion. And she's like, what the 
what is going on here, man? I'm like, look, dude, this is bad. These cats are coming in from somewhere else. They're trying to kick the shit out of us. And, um, and we're, I remember going through, like, who is this MGCW bunch and, like, looking at their page and all that and seeing Curry Kid there, and she stopped me like, wait a minute. He's been at PCW. He's the reason this is all happening. <laughs> um, Larry, who's um, – another question for good old Larry – so what's a what's a sacred ground memory that you have? Like something like like if you if I say sacred ground, what's one that you clearly remember in your head? The blood streaming down Mason's face when he got busted open the hard way uh, in uh, in Porterdale. That was crazy. That was our fall oh, yeah. off the cage. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, and it's one of those things that makes like Sacred Ground Three so special. Of course, it's a culmination of like the biggest angle we ever did with the Empire and all that stuff. And an interesting addendum to that was at Sacred Ground Two, Mason won the title from Grotesque, right? And Mason was supposed to bleed in that, but they just he just couldn't get any color at all. That pasty white boy could not get color to save his life. <laughs> and and he was always so embarrassed about that. But then he got, like, the color of all colors <laughs> at a point where, it, honestly, it couldn't have meant more um, in a match no. that couldn't possibly have lived up to the hype, except it did because that real con- genuine concern that people had for Mason sort of blended into the wrestling emotion of it. And it was so perfect. Uh, I remember, you know, he started bleeding and the wrestlers started freaking out. And I went into, yeah. you know, I'm your trainer, shut up mode. Um, and, you know, oh, my God, oh, my God, shut up, shut up. And the the story goes that Shane Marks, who's a, the consummate pro, was just like, all right, well, let's go ahead and take it home. You know, you're bleeding like crazy. And Mason's like, no, we're getting all of our pops. <laughs> he knew, he like, the, the part was coming up where, you know, because after the uh, the four managers of the Empire had been torturing everybody for uh, over a year, that it was time for them to all get their comeuppance. And he was going to go through, you know, he was going to, kick the cane out for Marty Freeman and he was going to beat the crap out of Jonathan Malik. And then he was going to hit one of his big moves on Rachel, which he knew would like set everybody on fire. And then, you know, finally Jeff G Bailey was going to get his from me. And he's just like, we're not, we're not, not doing any of those spots. You know, we're going to do the ether rag and I'm going to kick out of it and like all that. So I thought that that was funny. That it was, you know, that was kind of – Mason did matches after that, but that was clearly sort of like the apex of everything that yeah. he would do in wrestling. And it was, it was, it was a very incredible moment to be a and part of. And you could of. hear Shane come to check on him and say, hey, man, you okay? And all Mason said is, take your fucking ground, man. <laughs> right, back to work. <laughs> hey, if I could mention and, and one other show, thing, the, the, ahead, the, um, the night before, when, which was the final <laughs> at uh, – the academy. Academy. When you mm-hmm. you wound up in the lobby at the very end, you and Bailey, or, or Bailey, I don't remember who else was out there, but it was a big confrontation in the lobby of the building, um, and that was that was the end. That's the way it ended. I, I I'll never forget yeah. that either. That was that was quite a weekend, to say the least. Yeah. Because people don't, you know, like, this is an interesting trivia fact. Like, what was the last match in the academy? And it was, uh, my plan was to have these, 
these two guys that were basically unheralded nobodies, but focusing everything on them. I just thought that that was sort of an interesting way to go out, you know? Um, and then I knew, you know, Bailey and I would cut the promos and we were a thing that I always liked about PCW that continues actually is I was a big fan and advocate of getting pictures like making sure we had photographers. It's yeah. one of those things. It's not that it's not that no other wrestling group ever took pictures. It's not that no other wrestling group ever cared about the posters, but I would argue that none cared as much as I did at a certain point. And it was always just this point of pride. Like that's one thing about anarchy, and I I'm sure someone's going to get mad at me. But those anarchy posters that they put out now are fucking terrible. And they're awful. And I and I look at them and I go, I know it doesn't matter. Like a poster at this point in their tenure is not going to put an extra ass in the seat because it's nicer. But it's it's more the idea that they don't care enough to do a great one. And I yeah. always love that PCW. I, I mean, if you look at those Sacred Ground posters, <laughs> they're incredible. Incredible. The the first one where it was all the, like the cartoon images and you know and then Hankins and once we, and once Hankins and I were both working on stuff. I mean the discussions that would go back and forth. We worried about what's the music that's going to play for the promotional videos. Like that was a debate, you know. And they're just like, <laughs> what's our color scheme going to be? Just. You know, that kind of attention to detail, I think, has always been... A, that's why I was really glad to see, Hankins, on, like, when you had that sort of weird kind of movie poster-y thing, where it was just like, yeah, this yeah. guy is... And it, was, and it was all, like, it was all, you know, inside baseball. Like, it oh, was yeah. all, like, sort of in-jokes. <laughs> and, and I loved it because there's something... Again, it just harkens back to that spirit of... Um, this is our thing, and it's sort of unapologetically our thing. Like, you know, you, you, you either want to be a part of it or you don't. I think a lot of wrestling groups, from the WWE on down, um, kind of chase their tail trying to get people to fall in love with them who are never going to fall in love with them. Um, I think that's AWE in a nutshell. I think that's a lot of groups in a nutshell, trying to get people to fall in love with them and never will. And at a certain point, I decided, and Hankins clearly decided, like, this is our thing, and if you like it, awesome. Join the party. We love you. If you don't like it, not, fuck you, I don't really care. I was having a discussion with another booker um, at a show and we were both talking about uh, we were talking about the early Southern Fried days, and how it drove us all crazy that they had those big old houses. Um, but both of us were like, you know what? If I got to do what they're doing right now to get them houses, fuck them. I don't want them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. I cannot. I cannot sacrifice what because you know what everybody else had built up with PCW. I cannot throw that away to go chase a, a big house. For no reason, I can't do it. I just we could not, we could not do it. Um, we still never book Luke Gallows, and by God, we'll take that down with us. <laughs> um, interesting story about Luke Gallows and Sacred Ground. So one of the Sacred Grounds, Luke Gallows contacted me and wanted to be a part of it, and was willing to go down to doing it for sixty bucks and being able to sell merch. 
And I, and I was like, but this is going to sound incredibly ignorant, but my thing was, I want to be the only group that didn't book Luke Gallows. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, nope, won't do it. So. There were very few edicts that I, I was given no edicts to follow, but there were very few that I took on as like, you know what, that's one I can't do. <laughs> that's just, I can't. And, and it's, I, we use Luke. A, as a real example, but also as sort of a, as an archetype. We weren't the show that brought in just the local name who was around, who didn't have a home, who just was there, you know, to, to hey, to, to sell some gimmicks and, you know, do a little quick little match and, and go into the house. That wasn't what we were about. You had to, you have to be willing to give a little something up if you wanted to work PCW. That's just the long and the short of it. You know, you're, yeah, well. you, you had to buy in to some level. So the main event, what's the main event for Sacred Ground? Well, as a true Hankin show is, Steve, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the because truth sometimes? <laughs> what's going to happen is there's going to be several singles matches, and the winners of those matches will advance to a multi-man person at the end. And one of the people in that match will walk away the eternal PCW champion. Ooh! <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you that in that match already, by virtue of being the champion, Bill the Butcher will be straight to the multi-man. Brian Blaze won a number one contenders match in our last show, so he will go straight into the multi-man. ERC, by virtue of being the Porterdale City Limits champion, will go straight into the multi-man. Everything else will be decided that night. Oh. <laughs> nice. What's more PCW than that? <laughs> I am, um, you know, one, one of the things about, we were talking about, like, Wheeler's not in AWE anymore. Wh- one of the weaknesses, I think, of sort of the Wheeler thing is his constant need to sort of promote, like, we innovated all of this and all these people stole our ideas, which to the outside world just looks absolutely preposterous, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, something you that I love to... slaps, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> but something that I really liked at sacred ground was sort of the presence of women's wrestling before that was a thing that needed to be done. At, you know, when it was at WrestleMania, the women's match was always the, the filler match or the match that happened after, you know, um, Hogan and the rock. <laughs> Where it was just like that was women's wrestling. And to me, um, I was always really proud of the sort of the, the quote unquote strong female presence, but it, they were a tr- true attractions unto themselves from the first one, which was, you know, Pandora against awesome Kong when, getting awesome Kong was, you know, a hooker by crook thing. And uh, all the way through, you know, multi-women matches to Aisha and Pandora going off the top of a cage. <laughs> God, the things I had people do. Jesus Christ. God, um, God. And who, uh, um, I'd like to let AWE know, um, had Sue Young long before they did. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, more than once actually. Uh, so, who is in that? Who's in the women's tournament right now? Sacred ground. 
<laughs> right? Larry, uh, Larry, I know, you know, Sacred Ground 3 is usually the one everyone goes like, oh, that was that's that's my favorite Sacred Ground. I, I, I'm curious, for you personally, what's a, what's a Sacred Ground match that you remember that wasn't at 3 that really made a sort of an impression on you um, the, for whatever the wi- reason? The women's match at 2 was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That that's the other one that jumps out at me is a you know is a strong memories that is 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 that one, and then I mean there, <laughs> at one not so much the matches but the array of the incredible array of stars you had on that show I'll always remember. Um, you know Roddy Strong in the Battle Royal. <laughs> oh God, yeah, like Roderick Strong when he was. Ring of Honor champion because the original design was I I had sort of gotten in contact with Adam Pierce who was booking Ring of Honor at the time and the NWA World Champion, so I was like, this is my chance to put PCW on the map. We're gonna do a three-way match with the Ring of Honor Champion, the NWA World Champion, and the PCW Champion. It'll be awesome. But then everything fell apart with Gabe Sapolsky and all of that, and so Adam was out as Booker. And then the end of, and then Bill Barons back then would just fight me every step of the way if I had anything to do with the NWA. He just fought me every step of the way. So then we couldn't do it, and Roderick Strong wasn't allowed to do much of anything. Um, and to his credit, he was just like he felt so bad because he just figured I would cancel the booking. But I'm like, I'm not going to cancel the booking, you know. <laughs> and so he's like, Well, I'll be in the battle royal, and he's like, so just you know, let somebody get over on me. And I thought, Jeter, like this is our chance to really push Jeter huge. And uh, who knew, you know? And then Adam Pierce, of course, had the great match with Shane Marks. Adam Pierce is, you know, if people ask me like, who's your favorite guy to bring in from the outside to Sacred Ground? It's probably Adam Pierce. I think he had more sort of great moments. Um, One of my personal favorites of the sort of less heralded stuff was when he and De La Vega were a tag team oh in the God. tag team season. It so <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Cause to me, it was when De La Vega, who I was considered sort of like maybe Mr. Sacred ground. Like he, he's the guy yeah. that every time De La Vega did anything in sacred ground, that match he had with nausea. And uh, he was always sort of exceptionally good, but him teaming with Adam Pierce where, Adam Pierce is trying not to laugh at his grown-ass man stuff and all that. <laughs> that. That was always the design. That was the original design of Sacred Ground was <clears throat> I had no interest in, I mean, of course I wanted a crowd. Of course I wanted to make my money back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But really the intent was I wanted to take these men and women, most of whom I trained, but not all, but, I, I wanted guys to really be showcased. And I'm and I'm proud to say I think I've done as good or a better job than that than just about everybody. And I think Hankins has con- continued that tradition where there's guys who have – PCW continues to be the place that a lot of guys come who maybe are kind of a pain in the ass to deal with in other places. <laughs> um but they can come, you know, it's sort of like the the Oakland Raiders in their heyday kind of thing yeah. where yeah. you get these are. guys who are these, these sort of hard scrabble and a lot of them would consider them troublemakers or a lot of them would consider them too black <laughs> or whatever. And, and I book them in such a way that I think 
allows them to showcase how great they really are. And if that meant, you know, I'm going to shell out the, you know, at the time I, you know, Samoa Joe for sacred ground one, um, I mean, all in with everything cost $1,700, which at the time was a staggering amount. Right. But you think about it, how much, how much did they pay some of those guys at scenic city? And, and, and none of them were as big a star as Samoa Joe was at that time. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I kind of got off light, you know? <laughs> it's like, you sure did. Yeah. Other guys I brought in, you know, even the guys that I booked through Barron's, which is kind of the most expensive way to do it, really, because um, you don't, you're not going to get a price break, especially me with Barron's. <laughs> um, and <laughs> honestly, all of those guys were – I don't want to say bargain as if I'm cheapening them, but I think they all did a good job sort of serving their purpose. Like Hankin said, you know, the first one, it seemed like it was half outside talent, and then each one progressively got less and less and less. And now it's kind of come to its natural end point, which is here's the guys that are still here. Here are the stories. Hankin said something to me like more than a year ago that really stuck with me, which is, you know, there are stories that need to have an ending, and that's what I would want that last sacred ground to be is, okay, now we can say goodbye to these guys from a PCW context. Yeah. And to the point now where we can bring guys back who hadn't been there in a while, and it will feel like we've brought in an outside talent that's a big, hot shit. As you mentioned, Mr. Sacred Ground, De La Vega himself, there's a better-than-average chance that he'll be at sacred ground. Mm. Nice. <laughs> and and little you know little touches like that that we get to do because we tried hard and we we cared about our history at a level that most other people didn't do. Um, I, that is that that was sort of under my stewardship. That was the thing that I I never wanted to lose sight of. That there is a PCW way to do things. And that way is not set in stone, and it's, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. I can't explain to you how, what it is, but you know it when you see it. I guess it would be like porn in that regard, too. Um, you know it <laughs> when you see it. Um, and, and we've gotten to that place where, you know, I can. De La Vega coming back will be explosive. Those people will go absolutely crazy. Um, a couple of other guys that may be making the first appearance in a long time, the people will go nuts. Not because this person is a giant star, but because this person meant something to them. And that's the thing that I've stressed to the guys over the last couple of years is, like, no matter what the case is, no matter how many people are here, no matter maybe we want to be doing this better or that better, the fact of the matter is every every Friday and every other Saturday for the last 10-ish years, people have cared about PCW. Not cared because it was just some place to go and go see wrestling, not cared because they had nothing else to do. They cared because we cared. We gave enough of a shit to not steal from them. And we ain't never ran no 50-50 at PCW. Um, <laughs> we, ain't never, <laughs> we ain't never let a bunch of, uh, bunch of peddlers come in and just try to loot them out or bilk them out of all their money. We cared to put on the show that we wanted to do in the hopes that they would love it. And by large part, they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, followed PCW th- through a bunch of weird venues. 
before they ever Absolutely. got to, uh, uh, you know, not, and I'm not talking about the, the Academy Theater either. Before that, no. the first, Before the first that, place, it was Katie bar the door on strangeness. There was that weird, uh, <laughs> that that was strip club on Ch- Cheshire Bridge. You guys ran a, a few times. Um, oh, there was, uh, yeah, we were at the Jungle, the gay club. The Jungle, for, the Jungle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first PCW show I attended was at some place called the Eye Drum. The Eye Drum. Oh yeah, the Eye Drum was this like super artsy venue i mean just artsy artsy like we would have aerialists perform during the intermission right sort of like <laughs> yeah the eye drum those were crazy shows that was um you know xavier woods before he was xavier woods like that was shane mark's first uh like title defense was against him at the eye drum and that's where Conscience used to do her thing. Remember that? I was like, mad hot girl come out with a chair and beat the crap out of people. Beat the and... shit out of people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the eye drum. Um, a number, I'm trying to think of all the venues. Actors Express at one point. Um, obviously, the Masquerade. Um, yeah. You know, the Masquerade, well, we played on the real floor in the Masquerade. And yeah. those Masquerade floors to me were sort of the epitome of PCW. Like the first one, which, which was, you know, Davy Richards, like the main event was Davy Richards, Chip Day, <laughs> Shane Marks, you know, in this elimination thing. And, you know, 20 something paid watch that. <laughs> David Richards, Ring of Honor champion, you know, um, 20-something people. And then our last show was the, you know, the WrestleMania week show where we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And I made so much money because I had a percentage of the bar deal worked out. So I made so much money with that, the masquerade wanted to cut the money after that. They're like, okay, we can keep doing this, but we're not going to give you 20% of the bar anymore. And so I just said, well, we're not going to be there anymore then. Because um, <laughs> I was happy because I felt like I had conquered it. You know, it's like, okay, we showed that we could make money with this model and on and on. You know, if only AWE had listened, right? It's just like, I'm not paying for a venue. That was always, that's always been my thing. It's like, I'm not paying for a venue. I'll, I'll cut you yeah. in on the door or whatever, but yeah. I'm not paying for a venue because I just knew that that was going to be suicide. I, would, I was going to have yeah. to run the show that I didn't want to run. I guess that's what mm-hmm. it came down to. And, and ultimately that's what that. it all came down to because that was, you know, I was in the same boat. And I was just like, we can't do the show I want to do and have to have that financial obligation lording over us. It's just it's not possible. Um I've got to be able to come here and never – I never worried about the door from a financial standpoint a day in my tenure. Yes, I worried about it from the fact that, you know, that is a success metric, but never from mm. the fact of, oh, my God, if I don't get X amount on this door, we can't pay for this, never happened. Um, and, and that's where we were. I just it, – it, sometimes you just got to be smart about things. And, you know, one of those other edicts that sort of – the unwritten rules of PCW is – you never do it just to do it. This is not a vanity project. This is yeah. this has a purpose. Um, and that purpose, by and large, has been served. That group of guys that started there, that stuck with it, there's not many of them that don't wrestle every time they want to wrestle. Um, mm-hmm. You look at anybody else's big shows, you're going to find more than one PCW guy there. 
You look at the list of people's champions, you're going to find a lot of PCW guys there. And oftentimes you're going to find them being uh, a cut above most of the other people on the card. And that is not something that should be taken lightly because not a lot of other people can boast that. Even the big ones, even Anarchy, who is great. Um, And, yes, certainly you look at the WWE roster, they got a lot of them placed there. But you think of the sheer numbers of guys that have come through there and you start looking at percentages, a lot of those guys just kind of stayed home. And they they wrestled at Anarchy, they wrestled in an area. Um, If you look at percentage-wise of PCW, it's damn near 100% of guys that went on and did other things in other places and were were featured in other places, not just, you know, not just and many, many more. And I, I'll point this on it, which I hope wouldn't offend the boys, because it shouldn't, and had no earthly right to be on anybody else's <laughs> No reason to be there! <laughs> like... <laughs> No earthly right. I, I, it's, you know, in your Facebook feed, pictures pop up from years past. They had one pop up recently of because September is when we were doing those shows at the Sam Stone Studios uh, years ago oh, before Academy, before everything. And I got um, to get some explosion sounds loaded for sacred ground. I do need to do that. <laughs> yeah, just play those explosions. But they had, <laughs> but, but, but the picture was of. Um, Timmy McClendon, I don't remember the context, but basically he's he's got his hands out and he's feeling Jeter. He's blinded, and so he's feeling Jeter. Um, and I just thought, like, oh, my God, who would have thought when we were doing shows at, you know, Samstone Studios and just, like, scraping to get by, all this, you know, stuff that was chronicled in the Booker, basically. And, um, you know, it was all about, and the and that's another thing. Like I'm so glad the Booker exists just to chronicle the struggle from, you know, me conning our way into the relapse theater. Think about all the things that PCW outlived. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you know, we, where we'd have to break in to train in that ring, where I met the Washington Bullets because they were just a couple of like dumbass comedians who would use the ring when they thought nobody was looking and I caught them. That's how the Washington <laughs> bullets got started. And then, so it's just like, I, so I'm like, what are you doing in that ring? It's like, Oh, we know what we're doing. John Williams, quote unquote, we know what we're doing. Don't worry. And I was like, well, why don't you come to a practice? And I just beat the crap out of them, you know? And then I said, and then I just said, if you have the guts to come back, I will train you for free. And I thought, there's no way they're coming back. And then they came back. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> well, we got the beginning of something here. And then when, once we put up the ring at Samstone Studios and I started training guys, then, you know, that's when, that's when the core, like Matt Hankins' core group came in. That's when Brian Blaze, Jeter, Vandal, De La Vega, they all got started at Samstone Studios. So there's something really special about the fact that those guys, I mean, if you put those four guys in a lineup, first of all, all four of those guys would be in a lineup. (laughs) (laughs) And second, like all of those guys, 
made it in their own unique ways. I I was really glad to hear that like Brian Blades was going to be part of the main event at Sacred Ground because he's one of those guys that sort of got the reputation of he's a really good hand and he's a really good this and he's a really good that, always with this sort of backhanded compliment feel. But yeah. that guy's not really a star, though. And yeah. I love the idea that he is the star, you know, that he's going to be there at the end at Sacred Ground one way or another. And if, if not for, you know, him and Matt Myers, I don't know what the fuck I would have done because I leaned on those two on all those days, Larry, when it felt like the world was collapsing around me. I always mm-hmm. thought I'd be okay because if I've got Brian and i got Myers, then i got two matches. <laughs> I can do anything with anybody with those two guys. If I've got those two guys, I'm okay. Long and short of it. That's funny. Um, yes. Hey, Hankins, we've touched on a lot of things, uh, you know, they during your time at uh, booking PCW, but are there any other things specifically that jump out at you that you want to mention during your years as the, as the guy at the helm there? That, that you recall. Um, it all comes. It's a, all a wash at this point. It's hard to pick out. Like, but I, I think the I think the thing that not the the, the thing I'm always going to think of first is, um, and this this didn't happen at the show. Um, it's I don't know, Steve. Three days before Sacred Ground Six. Four or five days maybe before Sacred Ground Six. And you send mm. us a message saying that we're not in the building that we had planned everything to be in. Oh, right, because we were supposed to do it at Dad's Garage, right? Supposed to be Dad's Garage, and we get a message in the oh. late of the night um, that we're not that building's no longer available. This is the week of the show, and you know, obviously, our choice is do it at home, which is which would have been fine, or do something else. And I say, I just send Steve a link. Contact these people. Don't even tell them what it is. Doesn't understand. He says, I said, contact these folks, see what it is, see if we can get it done. He says, yeah, we can get it done. And that place turns in, you know, that's the old Academy Theater. Um, <laughs> to be able to go back home for me, to, to go to do a show there um, and have that be my first full-on sacred ground, I, that, you, if, if, I had, if I had written that as a storyline, everybody would say, oh, this is hokey, corny bullshit. <laughs> um, but, no, that was real life. That was Absolutely, that was real life. Um, and you know, aside from that, it's it's the fact that it means a lot to me that when I go places, people associate me with PCW. Because, quite frankly, um, once I started in the business, I didn't know if that would ever happen. Because you know, I never I never did anything at PCW. Um, I didn't, right. You know, I, I was off here and there, and, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't do anything. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I may never get to work there. Um, but I did. I think I did all right. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it, it really is. It, it's, it's, it all, Larry, for me, it, it's really more emotional than it is the wrestling stuff. Because, quite frankly, mm-hmm. I'm so busy with making sure this is okay and this is okay and the next thing's lined up. I don't have many moments to sit and take it in. And the one time I did it, the one time I kind of said, I'm going to stop for a minute and take it in, I'm peeking over the, 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 the wall watching Johnny Danger in there with Iceberg and what was his last thing, you know, last major thing, and I'm crying like a baby because it had all, you know, at that moment, 
it all just looked perfect. Looking out over that venue, it was the first time we'd done Sacred Ground in that building. Um, the show was off to a flying start, and I, everything I had to worry about was over. I knew the rest of the matches would do what they needed to do, and everything would be fine. Just looking out over that scene and seeing that, um, that that's something I'll never forget. Nice. Yeah, man. So, Matt, um, Sacred Ground, when's it happening? Where is it happening? It is Saturday, September the 15th at the Porterdale Memorial Gymnasium. I'm here to tell you, folks, there is no better wrestling venue in this state, and I'm here to tell you damn near anywhere else. You've got to go to Rome somewhere to find a place like what we got. And by God, I can tell you this. If you thought I put the dog on, on a third Saturday in February when we were across the street in our regular building, a building that I might add was just a white wall storefront when PCW walked in there and they sold yeah. it to a fancy pants Italian eatery based on what PCW did. That building, if you thought I put the dog on in there, you ain't seen nothing yet for Sacred Ground, the final chapter. Folks, if you ain't there, I can't help you. You can go wherever you want in the world, but know this. Matt Hankins will be judging you if you are not in Porterdale somewhere around 630. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks thanks a ton, Hankins, for everything, not the least of which being on tonight. Six Man, it was five years ago when I was doing this for you when mm. you were going to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird, man. Oh, y'all watch hype on Fight Network for Anarchy too. They'll be mad if I don't say that. Nice. <laughs> it's well, good. I'm thanks on there a lot, too. man. <laughs> Larry, you gonna be there at Sacred Ground? Oh, I think I might make it. Yeah. <laughs> see what we can do for you, Larry. We'll see if we can't hold you a seat. Okay. Right. Thanks. Well, thanks, guys. Sacred Ground final chapter happening this Saturday. 630-ish, Porterdale, Georgia. For Matt Hankins and Larry Goodman, I am Stephen Platinum. Thank you so much for joining us for The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.